People always say history is dry and boring, but it's not. It's totally not. It's just been taught to them, forced down their throats in a way where they don't get it. It's actually better than any Netflix series or anything you're going to see on Amazon or any science fiction movie or anything you're going to see, any Marvel comics movie or any drama or anything. It's better than fiction. It's better than movies. It's filled with the most amazing moments. And that's what we have here. Great moments in history that changed the world. And when we put them together in these episodes, you will see history totally rocks. This is Great Moments in History. History told in a series of incredible moments. History told in a series of moments that will blow your mind. History told in a series of moments that will rock your world. And now, here's the history guy, Tom Carroll. Okay, okay, okay. This is Tom Carroll. This is great moments in history, great moments that changed the world. And we got a great one for you today. May 28th, 1940. It's probably not a date that you know about, that you think about, but it should be. And here's why. This is a date where we almost lost World War II, and we just managed to salvage things on this date and ultimately go on to win. The name of this episode is The Backslap That Saved Western Civilization. That's us. If we had lost the war, and we almost did, uh, we'd be living a very different life right now. We would, we would have descended into sort of a hellish, nightmarish existence. But we didn't. We didn't. We ended up, of course, winning the war. But on May 28, 1940, there was a great moment in history. There was a backslap. And that changed the course of everything. So let's go back. Let's get into the Wayback Machine. Remember the Wayback Machine? Anyway, we're getting into it, but first we have to go back a little further. All right, it's, so it's World War II, right? Hitler becomes the Chancellor of Germany in 1933. They say it all goes downhill from there. Uh, he becomes chancellor through sort of uh, – he wins – he only wins like 30, 35 percent of the vote when he runs. Uh, and then he manages to get – he runs for president and he manages to get himself appointed chancellor. He then sort of gets rid of the opposition, if you know what I mean. And that's uh, basically the end of German democracy. King, of course, the Kaiser, of course, is gone. There's no stability in the country and, and the Nazis basically – take over. Then comes this like cavalcade of international disasters. In 1936, uh, Hitler goes into the Rhineland, which is that slice of land between France and Germany. They should have stopped them then. Churchill, who, Winston Churchill, that is, who is the hero of this story and is the greatest statesman who ever lived and to whom we all owe all our existence here on the planet, at least uh, not as slaves. 
at that point started saying that we needed to do something about Germany, but nobody did. And then in 1938, he basically annexes Austria. And then, then comes the first real crisis, the supposed Sudetenland crisis. Uh, and that is where the prime minister, the, the prime minister of, of Great Britain, Neville Chamberlain, goes and negotiates with Hitler and basically, as my father used to say, feeds Czechoslovakia to the crocodiles. And ultimately, that's the end of – they get overrun, but there's going to be peace in our time. That's uh, a way that Neville Chamberlain – now, you got to understand, the Brits had gone through World War One, And if you know anything about World War One, it was the stupidest war – ever fought you had this this these you know 100 miles long trenches and uh, these poor guys the whistle would blow and these poor guys would come running out of their trenches to be mowed down by machine gun fire because someone had invented the machine gun uh, and it didn't make any sense at all they they couldn't uh, sort of figure it out it took four four and a half years and there were a lot of million you know, a million people, million men from Great Britain had died and countless more were wounded, some with mental health problems. I mean, it was, you know, shell shock. It was just absolutely dreadful. And the politicians of the time, many of whom had gone through this, had basically said, we will never go through this again. They just didn't count on Hitler. Now, you can go back and say, well, you know, reparations and the way we treated Germany caused the war, and, and to some degree it did. But still, they just didn't want to fight. And they thought, the and these are the people, the politicians in power, they thought that the country didn't want to fight either. So they were doing everything possible, including feeding, you know, Czechoslovakia, the Sudetenland, Austria, and basically letting Hitler do whatever the heck he wanted. But Hitler, of course, he wasn't interested in Czechoslovakia. He was interested in conquering the world, world domination. And his main target actually was Russia. From the very beginning, Russia was his main char target. But didn't actually go the way he wanted it to go. Hitler basically starts a new process in 1939 where he's going to invade Poland. And he creates this agreement. He comes together with the Russians. You know, it's like the, the two mafia parties here coming together, and they they form a non-aggression pact. You know, that means we won't kill you, won't kill us, we won't kill you. But what it really meant is it gave Hitler the green light to invade Poland. In, uh, in summer of 1939. And what people, a lot of people don't recognize is that the Russians also invaded. The Russians came from Russia. They came from the east and Hitler came from the west. They kind of carved up the country. Anyway, this started, they say technically started World War II. Didn't really start World World War Two started before that, but it was the t was when England then declared war. England then declared war because of the invasion of Poland. 
And at that point, uh, the war started. And if you were in London at the time, when the war started, you ran for the shelters, whatever shelters there were at the time. And you ran for the thinking the bombing would start. And then, you know, they sat in the shelter, nothing happened. You know, they thought Germany would bomb, uh, and Germany did not bomb right away. And this was uh, September of 1939. And then comes this thing which everybody refers to as the phony war. Nothing kind of happens for many, many, many months. Uh, and people aren't quite sure what. But what does happen is France has this big army. And they have this thing called the Maginot Line, which is another of the world's worst miscalculations. It's basically like a China, the, the wall, Great Wall of China, but it's to stop the Germans from coming in. But what, you know, people always forget is that there's a way around the wall. <laughs> you know, it's, you can get around it. You can go. There's a lot of things you could do. Hitler, of course, knew about the Maginot Line, and he came up with some ideas for how to basically get around it. Okay, so where are we? We're in this phony war period, and our hero of the story, Winston Churchill— is back in the government. He spent 10 years out of the government. He's like that guy in the back of the room raising his hand, going, excuse me, excuse me, the Germans are coming. And of course, no one believes him, no one. Now he's back in. He's not the prime minister yet. He's back in. He's at the at the admiral, Lord of the Admiralty. And he's uh, in the cabinet. He's, he's part of the government. And what happens is the the Germans bide their time, and then in the spring of 1940 they start because they Hitler didn't think that the that the English were really going to declare war. He didn't really. He wanted to fight Russia, but now he realized he had to fight Fran. You know, he had to fight France and Great Britain. Great Britain was a, a not a land power. Great Britain was a sea power, and luckily still was a sea power. Uh, they had a, a th about 350,000, soldiers in, uh, in, on the continent of Europe. France had the major army, million one, million two, and they were kind of in charge. Uh, and Hitler then invades. Uh, in, on April 9th, uh, 1940, he invades Denmark and Norway and then on May 10th, he starts the invasion of Holland, now the Netherlands, and Belgium, and, and sweeps in. And he has this, this strategy called Blitzkrieg. And Blitzkrieg was a really, you remember in World War I, they had these, uh, these these trenches and then Hitler knew that that was just not a good idea so he sends his tanks like 50 60 70 miles ahead of his troops like alone like like people thought he was crazy and they and where would they get the gas from to keep the tanks going well they figured that out they went to the gas stations <laughs> like like you know pulled up at the pump and put in the credit card and, you know put in you know put in the code and you know <laughs> anyway they just took over the gas stations and they kept these going and the french army the you know french soldiers were some of the bravest soldiers in the world they were badly led and outmaneuvered, and they didn't want to really fight. I mean, the country, the leaders didn't really want to fight anyway. And, and unfortunately, uh, France ultimately capitulates. At this point, at this point, 
At this point, it's time to get rid of Neville Chamberlain as prime minister. He would stay on in the government. It's not like here in the United States where when you lose, you're out, you know, when you win, you're in, when you lose, you're out. Now, you'll come to understand it. So they need a new prime minister. And there are two candidates for this job. There is Winston Churchill, who spent the last 10 years warning the country about the evils of Nazism and the war machine that they were building um, against the rules, against the rules that had been set up after World War I. Uh, and this guy, Lord Halifax. Lord Halifax was a lord, and he's kind of the villain of this story. But his heart was basically in the right place. His feeling was, it's time to negotiate with Hitler. Here's what's going on. The, the, the French are being overrun. The British Expeditionary, it's not called the British Army, it's called the British Expeditionary Force. They're being pushed back to Dunkirk. You remember Dunkirk. It's an evacuation. And even though it was very, it was going on while this is happening, and even if it was successful, Churchill said, you don't win wars with evacuations. Anyway, so the, all this is going on. It's like, it's like hell week. Things are just, everything that could go wrong is going wrong. All these countries have capitulated. The United States is not prepared yet to get into this war. Britain's hanging on basically by its fingernails. And we need a new prime minister. So Halifax, for some reason, a lot of, lot, lot of different uh, theories on this, said he didn't want to be prime minister. Thank God. Because if you had, you know, the, the, the leadership, the crown, the king, the, you know, the, the conservatives, they kind of wanted Halifax more than they wanted Churchill. But he said he didn't want it. One theory is that he said he knew that something was coming, that they were going to have to negotiate. So he figured, let Churchill negotiate it, you know, and be the be the the bad guy in this. And then maybe he'd come back later. But who knows what he was thinking? Anyway, so Churchill, you know, goes and becomes the prime minister. And this is a really interesting moment in his, not the great moment here, but it's a really interesting moment in history because Churchill goes off to become the prime minister of England. He was not elected. A lot of people don't know this. He was not elected at this point. He was essentially called upon by the king to form a government, which was the, the conservatives were in power, and Churchill became the leader of the conservatives, and, and through which he became the prime minister. No one was there. There was no press. There were no crowds. Um, Chamberlain went to the palace and resigned. And a um, little while later, Churchill drove over with his bodyguard and <laughs> went in and the king said, I'd like you to form a government. And he says, I accept. And he leaves. And on the way back, all alone, no fanfare, no nothing, his bodyguard says, one of the great lines of history, His his uh, the bodyguard says to Churchill, Congratulations, you know, Prime Minister. And Churchill says, I only hope it's not too late. Most people thought it was. And that's why we got into this great moment of history. So Churchill comes back and he has a war cabinet. And who's in this war cabinet? Well, Chamberlain. 
just the, the appeaser, the peace in our time guy, the guy who's basically giving Hitler whatever. He's still in the cabinet. And guess who else is in the cabinet? Lord Halifax. Halifax is in the cabinet. And then, of course, there's Churchill. And then there's two labor MPs, members of parliament, Clement Attlee and Arthur Greenwood. And the, the five of them make up the war cabinet. And there's this notion that, that – and they come right out and talk about it. You can read the minutes. They come right out and talk about it. Maybe we should negotiate with Hitler. Churchill didn't want to have anything to do with this, let me tell you. But there was a lot of pressure. And, and Churchill – now we think of Churchill as this strong, great, confident leader. Recognize he'd only been prime minister for a few days, and he knew – that he had to hold the country, and that meant holding his cabinet together. Otherwise, you know, there would be resignations. He could be thrown out of office. Remember, he was appointed. He wasn't elected, so he had to do So he sort of plays along. He says, I'm not into this. He says, I'm not into this, this negotiation with that man, with Hitler. I'm just not going, you know, I'm not interested in doing it. But he has to sort of play along. And here's where it gets really interesting. So Halifax sort of gets something going with the Italian ambassador. You know, it's, this becomes like a movie. Bastianini. And the Italian ambassador sort of is the go-between. I recognize Italy is a fascist country at this time. They're aligned with Hitler. And Halifax is like playing footsie with this guy. Like, hey, you know, we got to negotiate ourselves out of this so we don't have a bloody conflict, as if they could avoid the bloody conflict. Anyway, so Churchill is now kind of being outmaneuvered by Chamberlain, who's still kind of an appeaser, although he's coming around a little bit, and Halifax, who's openly advocating a negotiation with Hitler. Now, Churchill says, look, guys, hello, guys, if we negotiate with Hitler, Hitler will demand our bases. He'll basically demand our navy. We will. We don't have a huge army. What's coming back? We don't. They didn't even know what was coming back from from Dunkirk at that point. They 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 figured it'd be fifty thousand men. Turned out to be about four hundred thousand. But they didn't know. They didn't know. So so Churchill says, "Look, this is not a good idea." But he's got to convince these guys, and he's got this Halifax guy, you know, who's talking to the Italian ambassador four times a day, and Chamberlain is not sure, and he doesn't know about the two, Clement Attlee and Arthur Greenwood are from the Labor Party, and so he doesn't know whether what those guys are going to do. So he buys his time, and here's where the great moment in history comes. On May 28th, 1940, he has a meeting with the war cabinet, and he states his his preference not to negotiate. But there's this move, there's this there's sort of maneuvering going on. So so Churchill calls the full cabinet together. It's crisis time, so he calls the cabinet. They come. It's like, hey guys, let's go. So next thing you know, the whole cabinet is together. Now, if you've ever seen any any movies at all, they always have the cabinet room. It's this. If you saw The Crown or you've seen any of these movies about World War II, it's this austere room, big rectangle with a table, long table in the middle. The prime minister sits in the middle. 
And they all sit on both sides of the table and they debate and they talk. It's like 25 people at this point. And the idea of negotiation comes up in the cabinet meeting and Churchill launches into a speech, short speech. But he says, basically, I can't bring myself to negotiate with Hitler. Uh, we would. He talks about how we would lose the Navy. He talks about how we would be enslaved by the Germans and that he wants to fight on. And then he stops and he waits to see what the cabinet will do. And this, this is the great moment in history because if the cabinet had sided with Lord Halifax, lots of bad things would have happened at that point. Britain would have essentially lost the war at that point. And then we wouldn't, what would we have done? Ultimately, we would have had to fight the Germans, but we wouldn't have had England. We wouldn't have had the Commonwealth. We would have been alone. We might have defeated. Germany probably would have beaten Russia at that point if we hadn't sort of been called into this situation. And we wouldn't have been called in if there had, if England was not in the war. We would have probably had to fight ultimately, but it would have been a completely different thing. Might have ended in a settlement, might have ended in our defeat. But in any case, um, it would have been a completely different world where the Nazis would have had much more sway. Anyway, so Churchill's now talking to the cabinet and he says, I won't do it. I won't negotiate with Hitler. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, and we're not going to be enslaved. We're going to fight on. And who's with me? And there's this pause. And then there's a rush to, Ch to Churchill. All the, all the cabinet members rush over, and that's when they slap him on the back. And what they're saying is, we will, we're with you. It looks horrible right now. It can't get too much worse. Our army's being defeated. France is going down. All these other countries have capitulated. But we're going to fight on, and we're with you, and we're not going to negotiate. That meant that, especially for these labor MPs who were actually carried the day here, that meant that their constituents, the young men and women who were going to fight in this war, would have to go to war and many of them would have to die. And they didn't know how many. They, they, they you know, could have been millions and millions like World War I. But they said that they were with Churchill. And Ch Churchill had at that point completely outmaneuvered Halifax and Chamberlain. Then they go back into the war cabinet where the five of them are there and Halifax realizes that he's beaten and basically throws in the towel. May 28th, 1940, without that great moment in history, would have been a different world. Chamberlain probably wouldn't have survived as prime minister. He would have probably had to resign. Somebody else like Halifax would have come in, created uh, an, a, you know, uh, some kind of a treaty with the Germans. And we know what Germans think about treaties. Ultimately, would have lost their bases. Ultimately, would have lost the war. Probably Germany would have invaded at some point, taken over. And then we would have had a naval battle, ultimately probably a war with Germany, but on completely different circumstances. And I think not a good outcome at that point. Without England and the Commonwealth fighting with us and us in a two-front war, we who knows what would have happened, but I don't think it would have been good. 
So May 28th. So next, next May 28th, I want you to wake up and realize that that's the day. That's the day of the backslap. That's the day that Churchill outmaneuvered Halifax. And it's essentially the day that the war went on. And so it's the day we won the war. And that's why we're here. And that's why our families and our lives and our schools and everything, because it could have been a completely different situation. And it wasn't. So remember that date, May 28th, and remember the backslap, because all of those MPs rushed around Churchill and slapped him on the back. And he said to him, we're with you. We're going to fight on. And that's the great moment in history. I'm Tom Carroll. You've been listening to Great Moments in History with the history guide, Tom Carroll. History told in a series of incredible moments. For more information, visit us at www.greatmomentsinhistory.live. That's dot L-I-V-E. Remember to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you like to listen to podcasts. 